Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Elizabeth, I know a man who was in a struggle with the IRS. He disagreed with them over whether or not he owed taxes, and he could not afford the proper representation. And so the IRS really held him at bay, and one particular agent just had it in for him. I mean, when eventually he did get legal representation, he said, I can't believe how nasty this agent has been. Hmm. They would make agreements together, and then the IRS agent would break it, and over and over again, he would just do terrible things to this man, and he was really held captive. What the agent did not know was that the man knew who he was by sight and hmm. also knew that this agent jogged on a road that was had no shoulder. It was the road that the man took in order to get home. Hmm. And so one day after the agent had done something particularly nasty to him, he'd broken another agreement and he had garnished the man's wages or his bank account or something. The man was driving home and his wife was in the car with him and he saw the agent jogging on the side of the road. <sighs> And he was just so filled with anger and vitriol towards the man, towards this agent, that his, his foot hit the gas pedal and he started gaining speed slowly and he had him in his sights. Mm. But his wife was wise and she saw the agent, recognized him and recognized the level of speed that her <laughs> husband was driving at, wow. reached over, put her hand on the steering wheel and said to her husband, he's not worth it. Oh. And they went by the agent, and the agent to this day does not know how close he came to forfeiting his life. If it wasn't for the wife that... The wife spoke and intervened in this man's uh, behalf (laughs) and (laughs) saved the the agent's life. Because the man will tell you to this day, I really think I I would have done it. I really think I would have. Yeah, because we do crazy things when we feel helpless and hopeless. And and sometimes it's hard to think straight. And I'm so glad that the wife was there to stop it. Well, you know, when your family's being attacked and you feel helpless about it, you just want to end the pain now. Yeah, And mm -hmm. uh, she stopped him, and that was good. You know, this is a very similar story, actually, to a beautiful story in the life of David that actually uh, has to do with Abigail, who will become uh, David's wife later Mm -hmm. on. There was a man who was a fool. Um, His name is Nabal, and actually Nabal in Hebrew means the fool. Yeah, you would imagine that no mother would really name her (laughs) child fool, you know? That's right. This is fool, and my other son is idiot. (laughs) You know, this would not happen. <laughs> no, so, obviously, this has got to be a nickname that someone has given to him because um, of his behavior. Well, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, names have such a, a great meaning. So, what uh, usually we have roles of people or things that they will do or the mm-hmm. way they're behaving uh, that is actually identified through a name. And, and this man, the fool, mm-hmm. was a very rich man. And verse 2 of chapter 25 of 1 Samuel, we're studying the life of David. So, we're going 1 Samuel and then 2 Samuel. Chapter 25 of 1 Samuel, verse 2, says that this man um, had a business in Carmel. Now, Carmel was a town that really loved Saul. Yeah, because Saul had delivered them. He had freed this city from yeah, the hands of the Amalekites. That's, uh, that's right. And so they were very loyal to Saul. So this man has his business there in Carmel, and he's very rich, says the verse, and had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And the shepherds were always in danger because there were people that were trying to, you know, get to them or steal from them or whatever. And David and his band of distressed soldiers <laughs> yes. protected the shepherds for, again, men, for a long time. 
time. Yeah, and remember, this is a group of 600 men at this point who are depressed and in debt and angry with the king, and they're hanging out with David, but they're protecting these shepherds from the uh, marauding band of, of robbers who would take their sheep from Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So one day came a holy day uh, for the house of Nabal, and, and uh, they're going to do this big feast. So David sends 10 young men on verse 5 and to say to Nabal, well, we've been doing all the service all this time. Uh, send some food our way, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, he has all these hundreds of people he has to feed and this man is rich. And Nabal answers so foolishly, like his name, on verse uh, 10. He says, who is David? You know, I mean, David has been helping him for years. Yeah. Who is this guy? I don't know him. What do I care? And who is the son of Jesse? Uh, There are many servants today who are each breaking away from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men whose origin? I do not know. (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible answer for somebody. You know, he knows. I mean, the shepherds have told him that they have been protected by David and his his men, but he refuses. And here you get the other side of... um, you get this other side of David when he is now ready to avenge himself. His foot is on the gas pedal. <laughs> he's Absolutely. Got, he's got Nabal in his sights and he's gaining speed. And he says it too. And in the next verse, he's told each one of his men, get your sword. Yeah. He took 400 men with him. And kill this one man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because actually he's going to, he says he's going to mm-hmm. kill every male in the household mm-hmm. just to teach them a lesson. And it's terrible when somebody has vengeance in their eyes. It's, you know, sometimes we can't think straight. And one of the um, one of the servants there tells Abigail, the wife of Nabal, that this has happened because Abigail wasn't there. And he said, it's true, uh, verse 15, this man was very good to us. He did help us. And if it wasn't for him, we would have been in trouble. And he says, but your wife, your husband is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. So somebody has to speak to him. Yeah. You know? And look at verse 18. So Abigail decides that she's going to act. And again, this is a day when women were not, uh, were not highly valued. Valued, uh, where women really had very little say, but this woman takes action. Then Abigail hurried and took 200 loaves of bread and two jugs of wine and five sheep already prepared and five measures of rose. She prepares a feast and takes it out to them. Then she said to her young men, go on before me. Behold, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal because after all, he's an idiot. He tried to stop her. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting because she does a lot more than David asked for. He, yes. You know, he asked for water, bread, and meat, and she sends this feast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then meets David on verse 25 and says, please do not let my Lord pay attention to this worthless man. <laughs> and she's talking about her, her husband, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. I mean, he's a fool. Yeah, and his name demonstrates it. Yeah, and then she does four things that are very interesting uh, that a mediator does. Mm-hmm. On verse 28, or somebody that intercedes for somebody else. First, she takes the blame, which is not hers to take. But she says, you know, I'm going to take the blame for this because I wasn't present when you asked for it. Verse 28 says, please forgive the transgression of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make uh, for my Lord an enduring house because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. So forgive the transgression, she says, of your maidservant. She didn't do anything. Yeah, she didn't do anything. So she says, okay, I'm going to be the person interceding. I'm going to take the blame upon myself. The second thing she does, which is wonderful, she reminds David that he is fighting the battles of of the Lord, not his own battles. He says, you, are, you, my Lord, are fighting the battles of the Lord. And this is wonderful because one thing I learned, which I struggled a little bit at the beginning of my ministry, was that 
every battle that I thought I was right, I would fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, because I thought that it was important to always point that I was right <laughs> whenever I thought I was right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to choose your battles wisely. Even mm-hmm. if you are right, doesn't mean you have to fight that battle. No, it doesn't mean you have to fight that battle. And that's a, that's an interesting lesson, an important lesson to learn, not just in, in ministry, ministry yeah. but in other areas of life. Raising children, you learn you don't fight every battle. They've got more energy than you. <laughs> you find the battles that are important. I I soon discovered that no child had ever died of a dirty room. So that was not a battle that I made a high priority. Mm, That's interesting. But we made other battles the high priority and won them. There you go. See, in ministry, for example, when it has to do with theological content and things Mm -hmm. like that, I will always fight that battle because it's worth it for me. But sometimes I used to fight where we're going to hang this banner, Yeah, (laughs) you know, in the church. And it was like, even if I was right. What does it matter? uh, Yeah, sometimes it's not worth what you're about to do, For even if you are. Just for, for protecting your rights. Mm-hmm. So, so Abigail reminds David, you're fighting the battles of the Lord, not your mm-hmm. own battles, you know. And the third uh, concept uh, comes in verse 30 here. Um, do you and, wanna... and when the Lord does for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and appoints you ruler over Israel. See, she reminds David of the big picture. Now, you're going to be the king, and, yeah. but the Lord's going to do this for you. Yeah, Back we off. all know. We all yeah. know you're going to be the king. And uh, don't lose the forest for this one tree because this is going to weigh on you once you are appointed king. And by the way, it's a stupid tree anyway. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is a ridiculous tree that yeah. you're, you're worried about. In verse 31, she takes the next step and she removes vengeance as the motive for his behavior. Absolutely. She says, this will not cause grief or a troubled heart to my Lord, both by having shed blood without cause and by my Lord having avenged himself. So don't take vengeance out on this idiot that you're pursuing. Yes. There's no sense in this. Vengeance, for the sake of vengeance, is never a good motive to no. make decisions or fight your battles. And here we have Abigail as the mediator between what was just justly coming to Nabal because he's behaving like a fool. Oh, yes. And in doing so, she becomes a type of Christ. Um, you know, Christ himself is the mediator between not an angry God, like no. many people say, but the justice that's coming towards us because we deserve to die because we rebelled against God and the wages of sin is death. But like Abigail, who was innocent of this sin, Jesus was innocent of our sin and yet took our sin upon himself in order to be that mediator. Uh, First Timothy talks about this, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. See, he was the ransom. He was the one that mediated justice for us and took upon himself the blame so that we could be promised eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is your mediator. He stands in your place. He accepts your blame. He takes your penalty. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!